All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys, a very special episode. Fuck it, we're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Clayton, you're right, special episode. We got a special interview with uh, the executive producer of, honestly, the hottest movie at the box office, one of the hottest movies in all of pop culture right now. Steve Barton, the executive producer of Terrifier 2, is on the show. We talked to him already. And what an awesome guy he is, and what a great story uh, oh, Steve Barton has. If you think you know how Terrifier 2 got to the screen, you don't. No, no. He he talked to us about how it came to be, how the second one got into theaters. We talked about the vomit, of course. I mean, the vomit pick, us going to see Terrifier 2 and get proof of vomit this past weekend, that's what got us on Steve's radar. Someone tweeted our vomit pick at him. He got in touch with us. It was it was really emotional, to mm-hmm. be honest. This was Absolutely. an emotional conversation about vomit, about box office, and about Art the Clown, who we talk about in the interview, we think is a new horror icon. Absolutely. So let's listen to our interview with Steve Barton. Welcome, Steve Barton. So, Steve, uh, this is so exciting to have someone who's integral in Terrifier. I, I am excited because you two, everyone, everyone thinks we're doing some sort of weird marketing ploy, right? Everybody. And mm-hmm. I totally get why, because none of this makes any kind of fucking sense. And no one realizes that more than we do. But the truth of the matter is, we weren't smart enough to even think of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. then you guys actually went the whole distance to document what was going on. And I love that. We we had to prove it because it if it was a marketing play, it would have been a brilliant one because it just is. Te- I mean, let's get, we'll 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 backtrack after, but let's start with the vomit. So, Terrifier two, one of the biggest things that that has gotten around about it is that. It's so gory and so scary that audience members are vomiting in the stands. And we heard about this weeks ago when the movie came out. I'll admit it. First, we didn't believe it, you know, because Hollywood's famous for coming up with tall tales to get people to the theater. And we figured this was. We went to see it this past weekend. We, 10 minutes into this movie, someone puked. (laughs) 10 minutes in, we got interviews afterwards. We got pics of the vomit so so steve when did you have you been at a screening because I'm, I'm assuming you've been at several screenings of terrifier 2 you're an exec producer have you witnessed a a audience vomit yourself and and if not when did you start hearing about the the vomitorium situation you know, i i wish i could say mm-hmm. i had that kind of cred to be at a a vomit screening but mm-hmm. it's like i haven't been and i'd mm-hmm. love to be but let me preface that with just saying, listen, we don't want anyone to get hurt. We don't want anyone to get sick. No. That wasn't the that wasn't even a thought when we were making this movie because we didn't think anybody would be passing out or throwing up. No, no. But um But vomiting vomiting though also isn't a sign of, of sick making someone sick. It's like you vomit out the sickness. So yeah, I think take yeah. credit 
if Terrifier 2 is getting people to vomit, they'll probably get something out that they didn't want need in there anyway. Well, you know, I, I almost feel bad because movie theater food is so expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, they're wasting their cash. I, they, right. I feel really awful about that. But it came to our attention when uh, I think it was like one of the third or fourth day into the run where this guy named Andrew Liming on Twitter posted this picture of his friend who had passed out and thrown up and the EMTs were there. And he posted this picture on Twitter and he's like, Oh, friend passed out and threw up highly recommend it. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Right. Mm-hmm. So I sent it to Damien and, and we all just were like, anytime something happens around this movie, we're all like little gossip people like, Oh, did you see this? Did you see this? Right. Because this shit shouldn't be happening, you know, mm-hmm. especially with this movie. So mm-hmm. it, it hit our radar like maybe three or four days in. And the first thing I said was people are going to think that we're planning this and that we're planning mm-hmm. this. But the truth of the matter is, Pat and, and Clay, to be very honest with you, our marketing budget on this movie was zero. There was no marketing budget at all. It's just a little movie that took off through word of mouth. And we're really, really lucky and really, really humbled by that. And we're mm-hmm. incredibly grateful. Yeah, there's so, something there's something about this movie, I'll say, because I did document the vomit. I did take that picture. And usually I would run the other way from vomit. I am not a vomit fan. But something about this experience <laughs> and something about this film made me know – I need to document this. People need to know that this is a movie that they need to experience theatrically. That's what this is all about, right? Is the puking and the passing out. Of course, you don't want anybody to get hurt. Everybody's been fine. But this is a movie that brings danger back to the theater. Not real danger, but that feeling that you used to get when movies were like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and things like that. That's what Terrifier 2 is bringing back to the masses. Right. And we're, we're mm. you know, I, I'd be lying if you if I said you couldn't see the influences of those movies in Terrifier. They're in every frame. Um, it, it's just I, I can't I can't even begin to tell you how surprised we are by all of this. I mean, from getting pulled over to now with this weekend, we're going to be on fifteen hundred plus screens. This whole thing is amazing. Big. It's like every time we think something fucking cooler can't happen, something cooler does, like Howard Stern talks about us, then Stephen King, and then we're on talk shows with fucking Jerry O'Connell. I'm like, what is going on? You know? Yes, uh, Richard Christie cried. Cried. Yeah. At how, from the Howard Stern show, cried about how much he loved this movie. It's amazing. It, we And you know what? On a serious note, I got a... Uh, I got a message from somebody last night and it was from this lovely woman and she and her dad, uh, her dad has stage four cancer and going to see this movie is the last movie she's going to be able to go see in the theater with him. And I can't even tell you how much that touched all of us because wow, really? But apparently they're big fans of these kind of movies and her dad you know, raised her on this and to just see that, I mean, we literally, we got a little misty, man. And Mm -hmm. and that's bullshit. So the fact that if nothing else happened and it was just that, and we were able to help somebody make a memory, they're going to remember 
and hold on to, then we did our job, you know? And God bless, man. It's just been so fucking nuts, dude. And and you know what? Again, not to bring down the energy. Sorry, it's just that's so fresh. No, no. Be but, real. But um, you know, like when I listened to your podcast, I was like, wow, these guys are fucking Blair Witching this shit. And I, I was like, this is amazing. This guy's I have to document the vomit. And then in my head, I'm saying to myself, why why would you do and why is it still there and why hasn't anyone left you know yeah well so weird that that is a testament to this film because people do not like vomit they don't like the smell of vomit but nobody left even those people who were right next to them they got up for a few minutes and they came back and they sat there and no one called in uh, uh someone who works at the theater to clean it up uh, because we didn't want to be disturbed. We all wanted to watch this film. Somebody was because, disturbed. <laughs> he was disturbed, but the vomit wasn't enough to to pull any of us off. The, listen, if this is a bad movie and someone vomits, that whole place clears out. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, and, if, and, if, this and, is, uh, if someone vomited at a screening of, of Geely years ago, no one's sitting through the rest of GLE would vomit in the middle of the room. They're leaving, yeah. but Terrifier too. You could vomit. Get some on my leg. I'm mm-hmm. watching the rest of this movie because it's and, Arthur Clown, and and I I'm not leaving until he's done. And so. I'll I'll give you another little detail: is that I was having a hard time getting the light on and my phone to take the flash. I had people lighting the vomit for me. I had other people turn wow. on their flashlights on their phone so that I could get a picture of this vomit. I mean, this is a communal experience. We were all family in that theater. Uh, and I have the picture yeah. saved on my phone now. <laughs> it, 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 it's my screensaver. That's, screen amazing. <laughs> that's oh, amazing. That's amazing. And it, it's so many people involved in that. The people who lit the photo, Clayton taking the photo, the person whose vomit it is. It's, mm-hmm. It really is a family uh, effort there. It takes so a village. Backtra- it takes a village. So let's backtrack a little, Steve, because you're an exec producer on Terrifier 2. Could you walk us through what was your involvement in the first one? How did you get involved in the Terrifier uh, franchise at all? I'll give you the abbreviated story. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I did in my career, which I'm immensely proud of, is I created DreadCentral.com. Mm-hmm. I was editor-in-chief of it for 18 years. And the bottom had dropped out, as it always does, of the dot-com business. And at that point, we were faced with either closing up shop or getting a parent company. We had never had a parent company for 18 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Epic Pictures Group came into the picture. And they said, hey, you know, we, we, we have an upcoming genre DVD line. We'd like to spin off. We'd like to label it Dread Central Presents. And I'm like, okay, well, this sounds kind of interesting. So we decided to mm-hmm. sell to them so we can keep doing what we were doing. And then I was searching for the first movie to release. And being that Dread Central was very much my baby at the time, I, I didn't want to come out with a movie that sucked because you only right. get one chance to make that first impression. And uh, so, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I was sitting through dozens and dozens of movies. They all fucking sucked. And I was mm-hmm. really discouraged. And then Damien Leone, he uh, emailed me. And he's like, hey, listen, I have this thing. Can you check it out? And I said, sure. 
then I watched it and I rewatched it and I rewatched it and I said, okay, this is it. This is the movie that we need Dread Central to lead with. And um, we were really excited about it. And unfortunately, the powers that be weren't so excited about it. Okay. Gave us a lot of pushback, but they did end up buying it and for distribution. And literally, they, they were very not so diplomatic about it. They had a lot of issues with the movie and it got to the point where there was such contention that uh, I said to them, listen, if this movie doesn't perform like I think it's going to, you can have my part of the company, I will quit. Wow. 18 years of my life. And I, I, just, I, I just believed in it. I truly believed in it. And I did this in front of a room full of people. So no one could ever deny that it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they unceremoniously released it, but they did put us on Netflix and that enabled something really wonderful to happen. People were able to find this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, after a few months, it ended up being their bestseller and it's probably still one of their bestsellers. And then I quit because fuck it, right? I don't right because uh, I proved my point. And if I had to go out on an eighteen-year career on something, I was totally cool with dreads with a uh, terrifier being my swan song. I mean that that's an amazing uh, accomplishment to basically get one shot at that mm-hmm. and to find what is now. I mean, listen, this is going to become one of those defining franchises you know i I really think art the clown terrifier you know this is going to be a big deal it already is the second one is a big deal but i think finding that first one and knowing that what made it stand out to you when you saw the first terrify you know you said you've watched hundreds of these movies and then that one hit and you knew that was the one why was that the one because my love for horror runs really deep and mm-hmm. it's very much indie spirit. And for my favorite movies, other than George Romero movies, which George was my mentor for a good portion of my career, and it's through him that I think I had the balls to just stand up and say, if this movie doesn't perform, I quit. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it spoke to my sensibilities, and I hadn't seen anything like it in so mm-hmm. long that I said, okay, this is it, man. This is the one. And it, I was it, to feel this vindication. I, I got to tell you, it's it's amazing for me because, like, now I know I got it right. And for a long time, I didn't know that, but I believe right. in it. And the fans found this movie and they championed it so much, and very humbled by that. And we knew that this little movie that was unceremoniously released started mm-hmm. momentum and there were murals of art, the clown all over the world and people were making right. merch and, and getting tattoos. And I was like, Holy fuck. So the fans gave us something really special in how much they loved that movie. And when it came time to make part two, the first thing on our agenda was to try and give something equally as special back. So now were you and the director, Damien Leone, I, I would guess you, forged a relationship after that first one stayed in in touch. So when you, when you knew that he was looking to write and direct that second one, were you involved from 
the funding stage from the, you know, at what point were you working on part two? I was working with them in any capacity I could from mm-hmm. the beginning of it. I, I said, when Damien came to me and he said, listen, we're thinking about doing part two. I, I said, this is in my DNA now. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this isn't something I can't not be a part of. And, you know, doing what I did for 18 years is the only thing I was good at. You know, mm-hmm. and I knew there's a fine line between ego and confidence. And I'm a confident person, but I, I have zero ego. I don't give a fuck about ego. Mm-hmm. It's not what brought me to the dance. Listening and learning is what brought me to the dance. And I have a very, you know, particular skill set that I'm good with talking to people. I'm good with making connections and I'm good with helping to make things happen. So, we're a team, man. Everybody on the Terrifier family, and there's like only eight of us, really. Right. And uh, we all wear a million hats, and whatever needs to be done is what gets done. It doesn't matter who's doing what. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, you say you're good with talking to people, making deals. I mean, listen, we've been talking. We've only known each other 15 minutes, and I'd have to agree. Great, It's great talking to you. So would you say... Um, Part of uh, what you were doing on the second one, did it involve also the the distribution end of it? Because, I mean, it's, it is incredible that this movie is in movie theaters. And thank God it is, but it is shocking that Terrifier 2 is in AMCs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, uh, no, listen, when we, we were, uh, I'll be honest with you, we were ready to self-distribute it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the attitude on making the movie was always go as far as you want. This shit ain't ever going to get into a theater. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and as a result, every kill goes like 70 steps too far. You know? Oh, it's, it's a thing I kept saying when we were <laughs> watching this in the movie theater, because I had only seen the first one, like a, a couple of weeks before, you know, I, I hadn't seen it until then really like the first one. And when we were watching the second one in theater, I just kept saying out loud, Art, he just does so much. He's it's too far. I mean, I, I love what, but it's just like he's so brutal, and he just loves. He loves what he does, and I think that is part of why this character resonates. Is we love watching someone who loves what they do. He's just and Art glee. loves what he does. He's gleeful. As he, he is. Does. He is. But and it's so much. It is. It's. It's. But you know what? Again, we just said fuck it. Go for yeah. it. Right. And because uh, li- literally we had nothing to lose. Yeah. So we were just, we did this movie, you know, we did the crowdfunding thing. The, it, it exceeded our goal in under three hours. Amazing. You know, and uh, it just blew our mind, man. Like every step of the way, this has been such a charmed story. And, you know, we were ready to think it about self distribution. And then uh, Brad Miska from Bloody Disgusting called me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Steve, I just saw the movie out of cans. What do we have to do to get this? Uh-huh. And I was like, well, fuck, Brad. You're kind of asking a lot because my former website fucked them. And now you're a website. I'm like, I'm supposed to bring this to the table, right? And it, um, It's such an interesting like wrinkle in the movie business now or the, the sort of indie movie business where these these places that cover movies develop such a fan base that now they 
make sense as distributors, right. you know, because Absolutely. they've just got that built-in fan base. Absolutely. So at the end of the day, I helped put the deal together that we got with Cinedime. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that honesty will get you so much farther than being a jerk about shit. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm a very genuine person. I pride myself on that. I'm black and white as it possibly could get. So whereas other people would, you know, beat around the bush, I just cut to the chase and say, this is what we need. This is what has to happen. And um, at the end of the day, I was able to help them get the distribution that we need. But even then, even Mm -hmm. then, we never, ever thought, we thought we were getting like 30 to 60 movie theaters, if that, and we'd be lucky to get that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Fucking lucky. And then they're like, okay, well, how about 300? What? This? This movie? Right? Yep. Then how about 500? And then how about 700? And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what the fuck is going to happen because this is the... This movie just has no fucks to give, you know? It's unrated, right? Is it? It's not rated R, is no, it? It's not it's rated. rated. The NPA has never seen a frame of it. It's amazing. Com- we just and did. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. You know, it's funny. People say, uh, one convention we were doing, someone asked Damien, how did you get this past the, AP- the MPA? And he was like, I didn't show it to him. <laughs> it's it's a trick that more filmmakers should learn is that you actually don't have to get a rating. But just, you know, just don't send it to them. The real heroes here. I mean, yes, everyone, we made a good movie. And I'm, I'm so blessed to say that. And I always have very com- the utmost confidence in Damien and George and Phil Falcone, who if it's not for Phil Falcone, these movies do not exist. He is the, nucle- the nucleus, the beating heart of this entire thing. And um, in our wildest dreams, man, I, I shit you not, we never expected what's happened. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's fucking mind blowing, man. Like when Stephen King, even we got Stephen King to type a word that doesn't even exist. It's gibberish. Uh, uh-huh. You know what I mean? That's fucking. Are you kidding? You know, it, it's just everything about this. is. Do you know if Stephen King puked? I Do don't we- think he puked. I, I think okay. he really go very fucking far to elicit that kind of reaction from Stephen King. I mean, the gauntlet has been thrown down for a clown. <laughs> Can you make hashtag make King puke? I don't think that's Terrifier a, three. I don't think um, that's going to happen. This box office run, you know, cause that the, the, the we're the BO boys and that, that is what, you know, made Terrifier two such a huge story for us is this box office run. The opening weekend, October 7th, it made $805,000 in its first weekend. But then that second weekend, in less theaters, because I guess, you know, you had a deal where one week run with certain theaters, you yeah. lost theaters, but went up 28% to over a million dollars. Now, that is the story. That is unheard of. Movies actually, drop. Actually, the first weekend, counting the Thursday, we made $1.2 million. Okay. Okay, so that three for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So the first weekend was one point two. Got it. And we got less theaters, as you said. It's and then made more money. <laughs> it's it's incredible, which is all word of mouth, all vomit of mouth. I mean that mm-hmm. it, it all spread. 
So, um, you know, I, th- I do think part of it is, you know, when, when there's a story like this, a success like this, it's a million things going right. And I mean, a huge, great decision was putting this out when you did, yeah. because the October beginning of October release is key. And it seems like Terrifier 2 is just riding this wave of horror at the box office. You know, Barbarian, Smile, Terrifier 2. These are the big success stories in movies of Mm -hmm. the fall. And you know what? You know what they all have in common, too, especially Barbarian. Well, I guess to a certain extent, anyway, I I think what people are really responding to with Terrifier 2 is we're not we're not really the message movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's just a chance. And don't get me wrong. It's great that we explore what we do socially, you know, and, and it's great that everything like that happens. And it's so mm-hmm. important for that to happen. But I, I think that being that terrifiers only message is just take the fucking ride. People are getting a chance to blow off some steam, especially after the horrendous few years we just had, you know, mm-hmm. so much tragedy, so much bad stuff has gone on that I think people are just ready to just breathe a little bit. And I think Terrifier 2 is just giving them that because Halloween's supposed to be fun, you know, it's supposed mm-hmm. to be time. So we're doing that. And and that's what I think people are, are, I think that's what's resonating with people. It's just, it's a culmination, as you said, of a million things happening at the right time in the right way. And believe me, again, nobody's more surprised than we are. I think it also has a lot to do with having a new sort of horror icon that we haven't had in a while because of the phases of horror that we've seen is we've seen a lot of the paranormal activity. We've seen uh, ghost stories. You know, we've seen the... um, found footage, all those things don't really play to having that sort of performance that art is giving. And I mean, especially the actor, David Howard Thornton uh, is just amazing. I mean, it's a, it's a Robert England situation, right? I mean, this guy has really created a character and made it pop on screen. Obviously everybody created it, but he's really put it, put life to it. And I think people are looking for the next horror icon. And I think art is that. Thank you so much for saying that. But I mean, when we, when, when it comes to this movie, we're very much of the mindset that it's not our place to say we have the new horror icon. I don't think you can do that. I, I think ultimately it's the fans who decide that. Mm-hmm. The only thing we can do is make the best movie that we can, you know? So any, any director or, or filmmaker that just comes out the gate going, I have the next horror icon. No, you don't. It's not mm. a choice for a movie to become iconic, for a movie to be a midnight movie or a cult classic or feature a, a character that's iconic. Only the audience can make that happen. It's the audience who bestows that honor, not the filmmakers. And do we think Art the Clown is an icon? I think, I, I think we, we're all of the mindset that he's on his way, you know, and we humbly say that, but when we hear other people say that he's an icon, thank you. That, that means so much to us because at least it lets us know that we're on that right track to figure yeah. what people want and in and need, you know, people need to have some fucking fun, man. And yeah. 
I mean, it, listen, we made the, the cinematic equivalent of a fucking corn concert. We know that. You know mm. what I mean? It, it's just turn your brain off. The, it, it's like when you get on a roller coaster and the safety bar comes down. For all, all intents and purposes, when the lights go out in a the theater, that's your safety bar. And we go from zero to 60 in about 10 seconds. And we know that. I mean, we were at the screening over the weekend, and it definitely feels like you're in the middle of a mosh pit watching this movie. Right. But in, in a good way, it, you know, you don't want to go to a mosh pit every every day of your life. But I mean, you want one once in a while. It's and listen, I, I mean, I me and Clayton were talking about this last night. You know, we do think art is on that way. And obviously, I think there's got to be more terrifiers, you know, but he's on his way to being in that group. Like right now, if there's a dinner and you got Freddie and you got Jason and you got Leatherface, and they're sitting around a table shooting the shit. Michael Myers is there. Chucky's in the high chair. Chucky's in the high chair. Art art, with a bowl of mashed potatoes. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I think I think Art could walk in and he could sit at that table, and they'd look at each other, and then Freddie would kick a chair over, and he'd say, "Sit down." Art would have to be quiet. I think Art should do a lot of listening. You know, Freddie should do most of the talking, which he's gonna do. He's gonna he's gonna tell a lot of stories and jokes. But Art could sit at that table right now. That that's where we think. An incredible thing for you to say. And I, I just want to say, I know we're running out of time, but seriously, Cynodyme, bloody disgusting, Screenbox, these guys are heroes, man. They um they believed in us, they they let us do our thing, and they got this movie into as many theaters as possible. So huge thanks to them. We're in Canada now, around 15 plus, 1500 plus screens this weekend, which is technically a wide release and it's just holy shit dude and then we have people like yourself and who will just become part of this experience what you did is you've become part of the story now Uh and no absolutely all the fans are part of this story i am very we all are very uh communicative with our fan base on twitter on instagram and you know what it's because we're cognizant of the fact that if you guys didn't show up, we wouldn't exist. We wouldn't be doing these things. We wouldn't be making these movies. So it's all about the fans. And everybody's on this fucked up little weird ride with us. And we couldn't be happier to have to just be sitting next to all of our peers. You know, you guys are our peers. And we made this movie. It was the movie we wanted to see. and We hoped other people would want to see and uh, God bless, man. I mean, I mean, it, it is incredible that a movie about a, a psychotic clown cutting people in half has become this emotional experience. But I, I'm feeling it right now. I mean, Richard Christie was crying. You told a really emotional story before, and and I get it. It is a it is a real. It's a loving. It's a loving. What art? So overwhelming at times, man. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm a grown ass man. I'm 50. I've cried about 19 times on this journey so far uh, in the three weeks. And I'm proud of that because every one of those tears was for an amazing feeling and an amazing, re- and an amazing reason. So um, I couldn't be, ha- all of us just could not be happier right now. He, he brings out the vomit. He brings out the tears. Arthur Clown could do it all. <laughs> so this weekend, I mean, you heard it on the last episode, B.O. Boys. We were, 
pleading with these theaters to get this movie in even more theaters. I mean, it's Halloween weekend. People are are going to be dying to see a big Halloween movie. And we've talked about it. The the buzz for this movie for Terrifier 2 is cresting right now. It's getting all these pop culture mentions. It's mentioned on Monday Night Raw, for God's sake. I know, I mean, I'm sitting there watching, and I'm like, did Corey Graves just say that? It's amazing. Uh, I, I Listen, I'm throwing out a prediction. One of our listeners named Bill Brasky threw this out on Twitter over the weekend. He thinks Art the Clown should have an appearance on SNL this weekend, Weekend Update. I mean, I don't know if that's in the works. If I'm running, if the B.O. boys are running SNL, that's a slam doink. We're, we're no getting Art the Clown, uh, you know, to to do uh, to do a segment weekend update. But it's at that level where he's becoming that pop culture character. It's going to be in 1500 theaters this weekend. Yeah. I mean, we're we're going to do our weekend preview episode in a bit, but like, I think the sky is the limit with what this movie could do this weekend. I, I think this is hitting at such a perfect time more theaters there's nothing big coming out listen people don't love black adam no we're not here but but you know there's 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 room for this movie to really just have a have have this this big you know not a finale but have this this crest this weekend the simple fact that we're in the conversation yes with black adam and smile and Halloween ends, and all the movies that are currently in theaters, I, it, it's fucking amazing. And yeah. I, I hope people show up and have a great time. And I, I hope, you know, we, we're able to make some Halloween fun happen, man. I mean, this is the week to do it, right? Yep. And uh, honestly, we were only supposed to get October 6th, 7th, and 8th. Amazing. And we are. Amazing. We're, it's so, uh, and, it, and that's the power of the fans. It's you guys that made this happen. And we've got, uh, we also got an email from uh, Adam from the Stacks, a wannabe O boy who said he predicts that on Halloween weekend, Terrifier 2 will earn more box office than Halloween ends. It deserves to make more because Terrifier 2 is more in the spirit of the old John Carpenter and Wes Craven films than Halloween ends is. Terrifier 2 is very much like the Evil Dead 1 in its success story. Adam from the stacks telling Adam, it like it is. Adam, thank you so much, brother. I, I, I really appreciate hearing that. And I'm going to pass that on to the rest of the team for sure. Um, so let's, let's close out by looking ahead. You know, obviously you're enjoying this moment. You deserve this moment, you and the whole team, but you know, art, the clown, he's not owned by new line cinema. He's not owned by, you know, uh, Disney. Thank God. You know, it's the, your group, you know, uh, Damien Leone, it, it's it's not owned by a corporate entity. So it's up to you guys to figure out what's next. Is it a slam doink that at some point we're going to see a Terrifier 3? I mean, after this success, I, I'm here's I mean, my guess is if you haven't already, there's going to be those studios who are going to come to you guys and and, and say, how do we get Universal Pictures presents Terrifier three, June twenty twenty four? So 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 what what it what are you what are you guys looking towards? Forget what might happen. What what would you like to happen with Terrifier three? I think right now, I think the movie needs to breathe. Yeah, 
You no, know? I enjoy I, it. I, I agree. I don't think that I think I think that rushing to get another terrifier out would be a mistake. Mm-hmm. I, I think that as with everything else with this particular franchise, it has to happen organically when the time is right. And you know, of course, we're thinking about sending him to space, but more important, you know, we have to go to Hawaii first. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Beetlejuice never made it there, so yeah, you got to send we gotta, we gotta, like, pick up, pick up the slack for some of the people that never made it to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Jigsaw hasn't made it there yet. Jigsaw hasn't made it to space. But, yeah, you got that's, – that's Terrifier 8. Yeah. You know, situation. <laughs> well, so you know, far, it's funny you should say that because we're, we're of a really – particular mindset and that mindset is when we're done telling the story we're done telling the story mm-hmm. we're not gonna let this franchise get milked we would rather have three or possibly knock wood if it happens four solid entries or even three solid entries than like three good movies and four shitty ones you know right right when the story is done being told that's when we stop yeah I mean, I'll say I watched that first one. Uh, it was uh, on Tubi is where I found it uh, and really enjoyed it. I mean, me and Clayton both love horror movies and it, it was the first one is something unique for sure. The second one is a legitimate huge jump from that first one. I mean, I'll, I would say Terrifier 2 is you could understand why this is doing as well as it is in movie theaters. You know, as much as Terrifier 1 is such a great horror find. Mm-hmm. Terrifier 2 is a is a level up for sure. So I agree. You guys got to... Whatever 3 is, the expectation will be taking it to another level there. And we will, because we have ideas. But um, again, right now, this just has to breathe and let fans enjoy it. Let it be its own thing for a little while. And yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. You probably haven't seen The Last of Art the Clown. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it, it we're very weird. We have this weird aversion to making money. It's uh, <laughs> we'd rather do it when it's right than when when it's being thrown at us. It we this is a very personal journey for all of us. Well, yeah. congratulations! And I mean, listen, this should hopefully open doors for all you guys to be producing other movies to, you know, you're in it now. You guys have made a hit. This is not just, you got it released. This is not just people like the movie. This is a, just a box office hit. And so is, hang on. I don't mean to interrupt you, but the best part of this whole fucking thing is I spent 20 years living in California in this fucking business. And the one thing, as you well know, and I'm sure you know as well, Clayton, is Hollywood is a replication machine. They mm. find 10 networks, and here's 10 more. And they can't fucking do that with this. Nope. We have caused so much chaos there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Oh, and the most, the most important thing, what really gets us excited more than anything, Fucking A, we're glad it's Terrifier. We're glad it's our movie. But this actually opens the door or can very well open the door for other young filmmakers who do not think they stand a chance against the Hollywood machine to make their movie and roll the fucking dice. And now theaters are going to be much more open to playing these type of movies. Mm -hmm. If we take away 
anything from this experience, if that's it, then God was this all worth it. Yeah. Uh, that's so true. I mean, and listen, these days, you all you hear from movie theaters is that Hollywood doesn't give them enough product. They're not really, you know, everything's going to streaming. So it really does create this situation where, and Clayton and I have been advocating this for the last two years, is more things have to be tried in movie theaters. You know, you can't just wait for Disney and Universal to be the only ones that fill up what's in a movie theater. They got to get more creative find stuff, do these three-day releases, see if it goes well, then you keep it out there. You, you, the theaters can't subsist just on Disney putting out a Marvel movie every four months. No, and I think I, I think in a lot of ways, being that everything went down the way that it did with the theaters being shut down and everything being shut down, in a lot of ways, it made them a lot more amicable to be try, to try new things in order to recoup some of the money they lost. Mm. I mean, I, I hate to say like it almost sounds like we're saying we're capitalizing on the pandemic and that's a fucking horrible thing to say. People, there's people out there who are, it's not the guys from Terrifier. Yeah. It, no, it no. really isn't. We just, it took us three years to make this movie. We thought it was going to take three months, you know, and uh, we're just happy it's out there, man. And we're happy that you watched it and you enjoy it. Dude, if somebody spends 10 minutes thinking about our movie, that's the greatest fucking gift we've ever gotten. Well, you made Richard Christie cry. You got mentioned on Raw, and uh, <laughs> and you're making millions at the box office. So I want Art the Clown in ugly T-shirts. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you so much, Steve. This was a real joy, and congratulations. Yes, congrats on all your success. Thank you so much. And hey, I'll be listening, man. You guys are killing it. I, uh, I loved your show. I went back and listened to every episode. Oh, thank you, buddy. Thanks. We appreciate that. You guys, All right. You have a really unique voice, and it's a voice that should be heard. So good on you. Thank you. Well, listen, we're all part of the Terrifier family. Yes, you are. 100%. All right, Steve. Thanks so much. All right, man. <laughs>